Hey guys. Hey, welcome back. Thank you guys for tuning in for our second episode. This is Serena and Naomi. We're here at Weird Mythic. Weird Mythic Podcast, yeah. guys. Okay, episode two. Let's go. Um, today we are going to be talking about urban legends. Yeah, urban legends and kind of like our hometowns and home yeah, states. Yeah, and like superstitions and just like some stories, some fun stories to share. Yeah. yeah. Um, I am Serena and I'm going to go first this time. Whoop, whoop, go Sabrina, yeah. let's do this. <laughs> so I chose um, to cover Hawaii, so I grew up there. Well, I lived there for a bit, you know. A bit. <laughs> um, so that's something that I find super, super interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm going to cover that today. Um, to start this off, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, Pele coming to the Hawaiian Islands. And she's the goddess of volcanoes and fire, if you didn't know that. I do now. (laughs) So shout out to my Hanai sister, Jamie. All right. Thank you for sending me this story. I'm going to read that first for you guys. So these are Jamie's words. Thank you, Jamie. (laughs) All right. So says, okay, this is one of many stories of Pele coming to the islands of Hawaii. Pele, the goddess of fire, also known as the volcano goddess, Um, Like most other deities who play the starring role in creation myths, Pele holds both the power to create and to destroy. Pele had to leave her last town in a hurry. Her angry sister, a Tahitian sea goddess, was gunning for her. Some say it was on account of Pele's fun and games that involved involved her brother-in-law. Juicy, it says. With the angry sea goddess threatening to drown Pele with tidal waves, Pele's parents loaded her, her brothers, and her sisters into a canoe and sent them sailing in search of safety. Eventually, the siblings found a place where they could stop, a tiny string of islands that was home to a handful of human tribes, a few snow goddesses who lived in the mountains. Uh, Pele set out, set about to make a home for her family, but it was proving difficult because the jealous snow goddess kept sending snowstorms her way. Hopping from one tiny island to another, to escape the hard freezes, Pele kept moving southward only to encounter tidal waves sent by her vengeful sister. Soon, the two were waging a ferocious battle. Though she won, Pele did not emerge unscathed. Pele's fires rose up out of the trembling earth, spewing rivers of fiery lava into the ocean, driving the sea away from the coast. As the lava cooled, it added landmass, it added to the landmass and the small atoll was transformed to the big, beautiful island of Hawaii. Alright. So <laughs> and she that's was where, so angry she created like an island. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And that's where I was. I was on the big island. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So after her death, she became a spirit and chose to live within the crater of the volcano. She had become a shapeshifter, one who could assume any form she wished. All right, I'm going to end it there, and I'm going to go ahead and go over a few superstitions that are very popular in the islands. Okay. One that I'm sure everybody's heard about. I know you haven't. We (laughs) talked about it. So don't take lava rock or sand from the islands. Basically, any natural thing, you leave it alone. Leave it where it is. (laughs) Pretty much, you take it back to, you know, like us here on the continent of the U.S. Yeah, the mainland, as we call it. The mainland, thank (laughs) you. (laughs) Um, I've heard of people, like, 
going back home from Hawaii and then ending up like mailing the rocks exactly. to the airports yep. because they're like, I'm so sorry. I brought this home and I've had nothing but bad luck. Exactly. So you will be cursed by Pele and bad things will happen to you until you return it. So people really do mail that stuff back. Yeah. Just don't take it. Just don't, don't. go there. Okay. <laughs> Uh, also, if you see an old woman on the side of the road, offer her food and drink. It said that this is Pele shapeshift into an elderly woman. All right. Yeah. I also, got to see any old woman walking down the street, <laughs> like hella hungry. Like I think we should just morally be nice. Yeah. And, you or know, those thunderbirds. <laughs> or those thunderbirds will come out and get you. Um, yeah. And also, if you see an old woman wearing a white dress or a cape on the side of the road, offer her a ride. That's also Pele. She will disappear in your car while you're driving her and will leave you with good luck. All right. I'll you remember know, that help when her I'm in out. Hawaii. <laughs> All right, another one. Um, if you hear drums beating in the distance, get out of the area. You could be right in the night marchers' path. Night marchers are deadly ghosts of ancient Hawaiian warriors. Duly and noted. <laughs> I have heard like stories yeah. from classmates about maybe they were pulling my leg, but it's mm-hmm. something that is very like. You okay. talk about it. Like they, they got drums. You don't want to be in that yeah, area. It's a well-known thing. And then don't whistle at night because you could attract the night marchers. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good thing I can't whistle. <laughs> I can't. I can't. <laughs> I'll, I'll find you a tutorial on YouTube. <laughs> All right. Another superstition. Um, don't wear your shoes in the house. It brings bad luck. Also, it's gross. Just take your shoes take off your when you come sh- in. Take your shoes off. Especially if you have carpet. Just take Just, your shoes uh, off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm leaving that there. (laughs) That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. Don't point at graveyards or tombstones. Spirits will latch on to you. Yeah. Good to know. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that should just go for anywhere, you know? Just don't point. It's rude. (laughs) Just don't point. Don't cut your nails at night. It also brings bad luck. And then don't leave your chopstick standing straight up in a bowl of rice. This is done in Japanese culture at funerals. Mm -hmm. So it's bad luck. Oh. That's what people say. Okay. All right, those are my superstitions. I am going to read another little legend that is Mm -hmm. something that I found when I first moved over there when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's going to be the legend of the Ohia tree and the Lehua blossom. And this is from lovebigisland.com is where I found this. (laughs) So the legend says that one day, Pele met a handsome warrior named Ohia, and she asked him to marry her. Ohia, however, had pledged his love to Lehua. Pele was furious when Ohia turned her marriage proposal down, so she turned Ohia into a twisted tree. Okay. And it's like this, like, scrawny little tree. Yeah, that's it's just all twisted. Mm-hmm. Yep, up. that's the best way to describe <laughs> it. Lehua was, of course, heartbroken. The gods took pity on Lehua and decided it was an injustice to have Ohia and Lehua separated. Then they turned Lehua into a flower on the Ohia tree so that the two lovers would be forever joined together. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. So Hawaiian folklore says that if you pick the flower off of the Ohia tree, you're separating the lovers and it'll rain. Oh, wow. Because it's like they're crying. Yeah. Yeah, it's sad. Don't separate that. I know. <laughs> yeah. They're cool looking flowers too. They're like yeah. red and spiky looking. Oh, right. Yeah, it's a pretty tree. All right, I'm gonna go into sightings now. Yeah. All right. All right. What has been seen on yeah, the island? Yeah. So, <laughs> I 
are the first sighting I'm gonna go over to. The state capitol building is haunted by royalty. That makes sense. Though. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> for okay, so growing up in California, we didn't learn anything about Hawaiian culture before yeah. colonists came by. Okay. I, I only learned about the royalty that they had there once I was in college yeah. and before so, Hawaii was stolen, because exactly, it's stolen yeah. land that's still to this day it's not. It's completely stolen. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. There's, yeah. for the rest of us who really don't know a lot about Hawaiian past and culture, like real Hawaiian culture, it's actually pretty interesting for those yeah. who haven't done any sort of research. That's how I felt when I first moved over there as well. And it's it's taught a mm-hmm. lot in schools. Like, we yeah. learned more about Hawaiian history than we did like you you know u.s history mm-hmm. okay. i remember learning more about that so yeah. i'll go ahead and go over the sighting <laughs> so sightings of queen liliuokalani come from both locals and tourists one famous encounter was reported by a former senator the senator brought his daughter into the office one day oh i'm sorry the senator brought her daughter her her, her daughter, daughter. <laughs> into the office one day and the little girl made a mysterious friend she described her as tall Uh, As a tall Hawaiian woman wearing a long dress, she had lays on her neck and arms, and she was barefoot. The woman unfortunately disappeared before the girl's parents could see her. After seeing the Queen Liliuokalani statue that was later put up at the Capitol, the little girl identified her as her mysterious playmate. Oh, wow. Cool, right? (laughs) I love the fact that she's still barefoot because she's inside the building. Yeah, I mean, if you look back at... Yeah. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) Yep. That's trippy. All right. My next story. Sorry, let me quit flailing my papers around. <laughs> Just to show you we're real and we have papers. No, we got to read our notes. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to read a couple of stories about the, I hope I'm not saying this wrong, Mujina. It's a Japanese word. And um, so it's basically the faceless woman. Okay. <laughs> so the legend of Mujina appeared first in Japanese folklore and was brought to the Hawaiian Islands by Japanese immigrants. And we know that there that's a lot of the culture there mm-hmm. is they were some of the first people to come over. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, Mujina is an old Japanese term primarily referring to the badger. The Mujina of Japanese folklore is an avid shapeshifter and deceiver of humans. Mm. When it's dark and quiet and there are no humans around, it is said that Mujina like to shift into a humanoid form, usually that of a young boy wearing a tiny kimono and singing songs in the street. If approached, they run away into the darkness and transform back into animal form. Okay. One of the most well-known forms of the Mujina takes the form of the faceless ghost. So I am going to now read a sighting. Um, the earliest sighting... Of this creature in Hawaii was in 1959 when a woman saw the faceless creature in the bathroom of a drive-in movie theater in Kahala. The woman claimed she entered the bathroom to see a woman combing her red hair. But once she got closer, the woman turned toward her and revealed she did not have a face. That is just creepy. She allegedly uh, suffered from a nervous breakdown after this and then she was hospitalized. Oh. Super sad. Originally, Hawaii locals thought that this was just a rumor, but when the local radio host Glenn Grant was discussing the validity on air in 1981, the woman actually called into the station, (laughs) and she recounted her story and gave even more detail. Oh, wow. And um, they were like, probably true, right? (laughs) And then other sightings have also allegedly occurred, with many sightings happening in that bathroom, and they'll see the reflection of her in the mirror. Oh, that's so creepy. 
So I think there might be like a movie or like one of those short stories that somebody did on this legend. Probably. I want to say I've seen something about it. I was trying to look it up on Google and I have no service in Probably. here. So. I would, yeah, I would say. Okay. Um, so since Ooh. then, countless stories of the faceless Mujina appeared across the islands, some even coming from, from Glenn Grant himself. Oh, So okay. he actually experienced some of these. Oh, wow. Yeah, crazy, right? <laughs> All right, now I'm going to talk about one story um, from Japan, because we know Mm -hmm. that it's a super big presence in Hawaii. One story came from a merchant man and took place in Tokyo on a slope of Akasaka Road. (laughs) (laughs) According to the merchant, he was hurrying up the slope late one night when he came across a woman crouching by the moat, crying. She was young, slim, and well-dressed. She wore her hair in a certain style that indicated she came from a well-off family. He stopped to offer her assistance, but she just continued to weep, hiding her face in the long sleeves of her garment. The merchant continued to plead with her not to cry and said, allow me to help Mm -hmm. you. The woman suddenly turned towards him, stroking her face. He then saw that she had no face. Oh, Jesus. Uh, But she could still cry. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know about this. Uh, Good for him for trying to help (laughs) out this woman he thought was in distress. But, like... Mm Uh, So he screamed, and he ran all the way up the hill. The merchant did not look back at all, didn't stop until he saw the glow of a lantern. Once he reached the lantern, he saw that it belonged to a soba man. So soba noodles, like the buckwheat noodles. Yeah. yeah, Who was resting on the side of the road. The merchant flung himself down beside the man out of breath. He told the soba man about the girl, adding, I cannot tell you what she showed me. (laughs) So scary, right? Yeah. And the guy says, was it anything like this that she showed you and turned towards him and the merchant saw that the man had no face and then the lantern went out yo i just got chills from that (laughs) you're like no this was so scary to imagine because you finally think that you're safe and you're relaxing you're Mm -hmm. safe you're expressing to somebody how scary just to be freaking because she's a trickster so she can go into like any sort of form she wants when i tell you all hope would be gone i would i don't know what would happen (laughs) like your soul would just leave your body referral back to episode one my soul would leave my body (laughs) (laughs) so that's it that's my my stories that i have it was kind of short i thought i had a lot but (laughs) it was creepy though that last one was creepy yeah. I really like the um, first story you said with the little girl. Wasn't and that was that sweet? her friend? And then, yeah. Yeah, that was sweet to me. And yeah, I like that. I liked that story too. <laughs> I like nice stories. I had yeah. to end it on a little bit of a creepy one. It was note, creepy. I'm going to have to look more into that faceless woman thing now. We can definitely do another episode yeah. on. I, I, okay, so have you heard of like, like the nine tailed fox like no. stories or. Besides what I know from anime, no. <laughs> and Naruto. Yeah, yeah okay, that's all I know. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, that is a very popular story. Mm-hmm. We can definitely do something like that where we talk about those type of creatures and yeah. shapeshifters are just so interesting to me. I agree. Yeah. Okay, we'll have to keep that in mind. Cool. <laughs> all right, well, let's go ahead and throw this over to Nina. Yeah, thank you, Serena, for all of that. And yeah, that was 
Very interesting. I want to do more <laughs> research now on all yes, of that. <laughs> I, I encourage everyone to do some research too. And Especially send us just on emails. Hawaii. It's like the uh -huh. islands themselves. Like there's a lot of there's history there that I don't know there's enough about. There's so much history and culture there. Mm -hmm. If you ever, you know, get a chance to go after COVID's over and yeah. tourism is, you know, you're safe to travel and the <laughs> state is back open, definitely check it out. Oh, for sure. Um, again, shout out to Jamie. Thank you for throwing that yes, story. Yes, thank you. She actually works at the National Park. Oh. oh, I bet she has some more stories. She has some stories. Oh, I'm sure. Ooh. <laughs> we'll have to do a whole episode on national parks regardless. Yeah, because that, that'd be cool. there's some creepy stuff sometimes. Mm, most <laughs> of the time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm going to talk about um, the, my hometown and a little bit about um, like the surrounding areas of my hometown. So I grew up in Sutter, California. It's a very small town. It's only about an hour north of Sacramento, um, but there's really not a whole lot there. Besides, the Sutter Buttes is considered the smallest mountain range in the world, so we got that going for us. <laughs> um, so just a few little, like... I don't know if they're urban legends or just, you know, superstitions from when I was growing up. Something that I was always told as a kid is hold your breath while you're driving or walking through the cemetery or the spirits will follow you home or, and possibly try to possess you. Ooh. You know, what really sucks about that, though, is the Sutter Cemetery is about half the town. I was going to say, don't you have to drive through it <laughs> to get... You have to drive through the cemetery to get to wherever else you're going. You so start exercising those lungs. Yeah, so hold your breath when you're going through my hometown because the ghosts or, you know, spirits might try to come home with you. Um, another interesting thing is, in case you didn't know, Dracula had a wife, apparently, and her name was Drusella. Ooh. And she's buried in our cemetery. Yeah. Is she? I, that's the legend. Ooh. So there's this giant gravestone that's at the old end of the cemetery. It's like a good, let's see how, how it's a good eight foot long just slab of concrete that just says Drusella across it and then the, the date that she died. Mm -hmm. And that's it. But there's a huge crack down it also. Damn. And I don't know why, but growing up, we were told that's Dracula's wife and that's Drusella's grave and she could come out at any time. Ooh, so I bet you guys would like dare each other to run up and touch Pretty the much. Grave. That's exactly what would happen. And now like as an adult, I'm like, you know, that's kind of rude. We shouldn't be playing with graves like that, you know. Yeah, but as a kid, it was definitely like, there's Drusella's grave. I dare you to jump over it, oh, yeah. you know. And we all know not to jump over graves, right? Right? We all know, we that? know that. Okay, good. <laughs> we should. We're we, we should know this. So, um, yeah, so her there's a grave site there that's supposedly Dracula's wife. Um, another um, interesting story that I remember growing up is there's, like, this old bank that is in the middle of town on one of the older streets, and it's never been up and running since I could remember, or even from, like, back in the 80s. I know it wasn't up and running, but I was always told that it was haunted. So don't go in there because it could be haunted. And it's just this giant old building. I've been inside it. It's just dilapidated. I'm not sure if it's actually haunted or not. <laughs> Maybe that's why they never opened. Yeah, something. <laughs> I'm not sure. It was back in the, like, 1700s. I believe it's the 1800s when it was first built. So it was in use for a moment, but they just never kept up on it. And it's just this old dilapidated building that's been sold, bought, sold, bought throughout the decades. And yeah. still nothing. It's just sitting there. I don't think it's haunted. I have heard stories from, like, my close friends growing up saying they definitely saw ghosts in there. So 
Who knows? I definitely believe them, though. They're my friends. I'll believe you. Yeah. Because <laughs> so, <why> wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I do have one story that's kind of personal, but not my story. Um, so my grandpa, my mom's dad, was the fire chief in Sutter for in the 80s. And he was like the first, one of the first fire captains. He was either the first or the second. So this was in the 80s, like I said. Sorry if I'm repeating myself. So... <laughs> You know, firemen usually have to spend a whole lot of time in the firehouse. And something that he always mentioned was they would always find, like, cabinet doors open. Mm. Or for some reason, the toaster and the coffee maker were always moved to the other side of the kitchen. So the guys there started calling him Joe the Ghost. <laughs> and so it's always just Joe opening the cabinets, whatever. It was like this big joke that was going on in the firehouse. And I guess one evening, my grandpa was outside, and he's spraying off the trucks, and he, he said that he just, like, noticed and felt this there was a light next to him. And so he turns over and he looks and he sees this light that is in the shape of a person. No real features, though. Yeah. And I guess my grandpa just said, no, go home. No, Joe, go to the light. Joe, please go home. And this light disappeared. Whoa. After all of that, like, I... And they never really had a whole lot of other occurrences in the firehouse after that, Ooh, apparently. I just got chills from that one. Yeah, so that was my grandpa's only ghost story, at least one that he told me. That's and cool. I'll always remember it, so very interesting. And actually, that um, firehouse is no longer there. Um, they actually tore it down and built a whole new one on top of it. So, oh, wow. yeah. But I hope I, Joe did go home then. I do, too. <laughs> so, and the new firehouse is beautiful. It's huge, and they definitely deserve it, so... Yeah, very interesting. Nice. Um, another story I remember hearing growing up is, so in the Sutter Buttes, you'll be driving along Pass Road, and you can get around the Buttes in no time. It takes like hardly 20 minutes to drive around these the little mountain range that's there. And as you're driving, if you look off to the right when you're going down Pass Road, there's this one part, and it's like super rocky and like this huge you know, mountain that's just super rocky, a whole bunch of rocks below it, when usually it's just rolling hills. Um, the story behind it is it's called Lover's Leap. Apparently, there was this woman whose um, husband or boyfriend was cheating on her, and she knew that he was having an affair. She caught them, and they were sitting at the bottom of this ravine, right? And she goes to the top of the Lover's Leap, jumps down on top of them, killing all three of them because of the infidelity. Oh, my god! Don't know if this is true or not, but you can ask anyone in Sutter, and they have a similar story. There's also one saying that, like, she didn't jump on top of them. She just jumped to her death, sadly. So, like, oh, my But, gosh. yeah, so apparently it's called Lover's Leap, and there was someone who might have committed suicide due to infidelity of their partner. Don't cheat on your partner, people. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> um. So, yeah, there's that. Um, something also interesting about the Sutter Buttes is um, <clears throat> if you are in Oroville, California, there is this mountain called Tabletop Mountain. And it really is flat as a tabletop on top of this mountain. Well, there's an old story from, like, the Indians saying, um, the Maidu Indians specifically, saying that the Buttes were actually, like, cut off from Tabletop Mountain and placed in the valley. <laughs> <laughs> so that the, makes sense. yeah so like that's why it's completely like flat on top of tabletop mountain and then the buttes are like this anomaly in the middle of the sacramento valley and like there's no real geological yeah. reason for them to be there oh. but um so that's just one theory 
So yeah, but let me get into more of the Maidu and Wintun. If I mispronounce those names, I do apologize. They are the two main tribes that were in this Sutter, California, Sacramento Valley area. And uh, the Maidu lived east of the Buttes and the Wintun lived west of the Buttes. They both believed that the mountains rose from the water um, out of darkness, out of chaos, and it was created by the falcon spirit. And in this mountain is also where Earth Maker dwelled after creating the world. So I know I just said there's that theory that, you know, Tabletop Mountain was cut off and put over there. There's another one from the Indians <laughs> that are saying <laughs> that um, it was created from um, the Falcon Spirit for Earth Maker. And so they always called the Buttes Middle Mountain. And the reason it's called Middle Mountain is because this was a portal to their spirit world. Ooh. So when you passed on, you actually went to Middle Mountain before fully going to the next life. So this was a very sacred area to both of these tribes. Um, they never lived in the Buttes, but it was their main sacred area to hunt, gather food. You can actually go and take tours up there. Um, everything's private property, but there is one tour group that does own some of it. And you can actually see where they used to grind their acorns. Like there's these giant holes in these giant rocks. Um, cool. So, yeah, you could definitely see all the evidence that they were there. I would definitely also look into this website. It's called sacredland.org um, slash Sutter Buttes United States. They have a whole lot of other information about Middle Mountain and about the tribes that um, really consider this a very sacred area. And... They did not want us really live in there either because this was for their spirits. Tale as old as time. Yeah, so, yeah, I really wanted to get that out there. So, there's also this story. Next to Sutter is this town called Yuba City. Um, it's, like, legit five minutes away mm -hmm. from Sutter. It's not far. Um, but I found this story from Spooky California, Tales of Haunting, Strange Happenings, and Other Local Legends. It was written in 2005. <laughs> um, this story is from the Great Depression. And apparently, there's this merchant in Yuba City. And he said that there was this woman who came up to him for a couple days saying, you know, I need some milk for my baby. And she didn't have any money to pay for this milk. And, you know, he was generous enough to let her take the milk. Well, she would come back the next day and she did the same thing. And I think this happened for two or three days. By, the, by, by, like, the third day, the merchant followed the woman back home just to make sure that she was okay. She keeps getting this milk for her baby. And she ended up going to the Yuba City Cemetery, not going to a home. She went to a cemetery. And then all of a sudden, she disappeared. Like, he saw this woman walk into the cemetery, goes over to this grave, and she disappears. So he walks over there. This dude heard a baby crying, though. So he's standing in this cemetery after following this woman. Then here's a baby cry. He goes to get the sheriff. They end up digging up the grave. And according to the legend, there was um, a corpse in there with two or three milk bottles full of milk. But there was also an infant in the grave that was alive. The merchant ended up adopting the, the baby and everything was fine. This is just, I've never heard of this. This The first time I heard this was from this book. <laughs> never heard this story in my life. But yes, the story is called Milk Bottles. <laughs> Don't know if this is true or not, but it was during the Great Depression. There's a whole lot of stuff that happened during that time. Who knows, man? That's but that's freaking nuts. creepy. Yeah. Yeah. So. What, what um, was, there was milk in the milk bottles? There was milk in the milk was bottles. Was it like? 
sour did they test it out they i don't think they tested it it's like fresh milk if it was scarier from the story it was probably like the milk that she just got that day Ah. like and that's it just the the creepy part is the fact that there's milk in the grave yeah and like like there's the baby but i'm like that i don't know the whole creepy Uh that's just a creepy freaking story Uh (laughs) and um something else i wanted to talk about so one um you know, every town might have a serial killer in it. You know, especially in California. <laughs> especially in especially California. Especially in California. So, in the Yuba Sutter area, I'm just going to use both counties, Yuba Sutter because County area. Five away. <laughs> um, there's this man from the 1970s. His name is Juan Corona. He murdered 25 migrants in the Northern California area in the 1970 and 1971. The reason he was caught is because there was this peach farmer, and he was in his orchard doing his thing, you know? And he comes across this, it looks like a freshly, you know, fresh grave in his orchard. He calls the sheriff. They end up digging it up, and it was definitely a body. So they end up searching the surrounding areas to see if they find any other clues. They end up finding more graves in more orchards. And the only reason they caught Juan Corona is because the man left bank deposit slips in the graves. So, what? yes, bank deposit slips. That's how they the found him. The easiest way to find somebody <laughs> besides your driver's license. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, they end up catching Juan Corona. Obviously. What? Well, Obviously. I'm sorry, but... Like, if, yeah, I agree. I mean, well, no, I'm don't not Don't kill gonna, people, Don't but, kill people, but if you're going to be smart about it. Don't be dumb. No. So, and and um, Juan Corona actually admitted to killing these men. Um, well, how is he going to deny that? Well, there was rumors saying that it could have been his brother, whose name is Nativi- Natividad Corona. Yeah, so, but he was in Mexico when the bodies were found. Yes, but Juan Corona says they were all his. So, with all of these 25 victims, only 14 uh, 14 of the victims were never claimed by their families, by loved ones, by friends. And four of them were never even identified. There is an uncl- the unclaimed and unidentified victims are actually buried in the Sutter Cemetery. There is a grave there that it, it, there's like this poem. I'll ha- I'm actually going to post it to our Instagram when okay. I go back home and take a picture of it for everyone. But there's a saying on there that they're they're the 14 of the slain from Juan Corona, and yeah, they're buried in the Sutter Cemetery. That's so sad. So very sad. Um, yeah, and so to go along with that story, in Marysville, there's this. Um, I guess it's famous. It's called the Silver Dollar Saloon. Been there multiple times for drinks and parties. It's a lot of fun. Do they have good drinks? They do have good drinks. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. yeah. We'll and check it out. <laughs> I'll take you. It's fun. <laughs> but back in the day, this used to be a brothel. Ooh, yeah. even better. So, <laughs> so it was a brothel in the 1800s during the big gold rush era. And Ooh, um, I bet that place in the 1960s, Natividad Corona Owned it. Yeah. Juan Corona's brother owned the place. That's crazy. Yeah. So, town. So um, there is one story that happened in the bathroom at the Silver Dollar Saloon um, that a guy was attacked with a machete in there. And it was supposedly Natividad Corona. So this guy was able to escape and um, they went to go, like, charge him with this assault and he fled to Mexico. I was going to say, is that when he That's went to when Mexico? he fled to Mexico, yep. Mm-hmm. Interesting. What was the timeline in comparison to them finding bodies when, when this happened? 
Oh, within, you know, a few years. If he so bought, it, it yeah. very well could have been him. Yeah, because yeah. it says that he bought the Silver Dollar Saloon in the 60s, and the bodies weren't found until 1971. Okay. So, yeah, it could definitely be him or him and his brother. We're not sure because Juan said he did it all. <laughs> I bet that place has some activity. Yeah, so there's, there's reports of people seeing women ghosts upstairs. Um, there's also reports of hearing chimes. So... Back in the day when it was a brothel, when you would walk upstairs to where the the women were. The I, I, I was going to say whores, but I thought that was kind of rude. We don't, we don't shame here. So, you know. you know, they go upstairs to get it on with the women and, you know, have As their fun. <laughs> Anyways, so when they would walk upstairs, they had a security system and it would have like this chime, a ring of a bell. Yeah. So when people are upstairs, oh. sometimes they hear this chime go off. They don't have that security system anymore. That's crazy. So there's, there are reports of um, them going up and hearing those um, chimes when they would go upstairs or they're just up there by themselves. They'll hear it. Um, there was a ghost hunting team who did do a paranormal investigation at the Silver Dollar Saloon. The most they had was just very high EMF rating. So. But, okay, see, let's go <laughs> there. And I want to talk to the bartenders oh, because yeah. they're there all the time. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. late at night, yeah, we're that going. Would be them. Yeah. Not just because I want to drink, but <laughs> but because I there wanna, might be ghosts. I want to find a ghost. <laughs> All right, I have one more story. Um, to go along with the Sutter Buttes, there's these weird rock walls that are up there. A lot of people think that it's just to show like whose land is whose, whose property is whose. But they've been there for like hundreds st- of years, like stacked rocks. Yeah, like okay. stacked rocks. But there's really no evidence to prove that it was done by white settlers, Native Americans, or even Chinese immigrants. There's really no evidence of it. So I kind of did some digging to see if I could find anything about it. Well, it turns out that there's more rock walls in California. Yeah, so there's something called the East Bay Rock Walls. They're east of San Francisco, and they're about 50 miles long in the California foothills. And they're about two to three stones high, about eight feet tall in some parts, though. So these are giant rocks, Just dude. Randomly there. They're about 300 years old. Dang. They don't know exactly who it was who went up there. So I watched an episode of America Unearthed. <laughs> this is season three, episode seven. Nice. I've actually never watched America on Earth, so it's pretty interesting. Yeah, I found it on YouTube. Um, So he did a whole lot of research going into these rocks, and pretty much the evidence that he came across. The Native Americans really didn't build walls like that. That's, yeah. They, they didn't. Everything was owned by all Native Americans. I was going to say, so, there was no, like, separation yeah, between so property lines. We don't or... believe that it was them. But after, you know, going through this episode with him, uh, he has all kinds of evidence to show that it could be uh, of Chinese origin. They have, uh, he went to China, and they have maps of Northern California before Columbus even came by, and there's some evidence to show that they even made it to the Appalachian Mountains at some point. Ooh. Yeah, so way, way pre-colonial. Well, yeah. Yeah, and so, um, yeah, I would definitely say if you're interested in knowing where these rocks were, that's a really good episode to get into, but we have the same type of rocks in the Sutter Buttes. So the fact that they're 50 miles, you know, what is what I say, 50 miles east of San, east of San Francisco, there's more if you come further east into California. Yeah. So I think they're related, definitely, because from the rocks walls that I've seen and then watching that episode, they're the same freaking rocks in the same pattern. So 
crazy. Yeah. So that's a little history on where I'm from. <laughs> nice. But yeah, so yeah, I think well, yours are creepier. I don't. Besides the milk milk bottles thing, I think was, yours the faceless woman is creepy. She's. I'm not wanting to make friends with her anytime soon. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> um, milk bottles. Yeah. I am so curious. I want to know how fresh the milk was. <laughs> how fresh was this milk? <laughs> and I've never even heard of that story until I was just doing research on yeah. the area. Isn't it crazy what you find out? So weird. The holes we get down for this yeah. podcast. Oh, yeah. There was a whole bunch I could have went through, like, going through more Chinese maps. You oh, have yeah. no idea how many Chinese maps I found online now. <laughs> just going, like, they were definitely here before Columbus. Like, oh, yeah. I've always been one to definitely think that Columbus wasn't the first oh, person yeah. to cross over from anywhere to come to America, yeah. but it could definitely be Chinese, you know, influence. That so would not knows? surprise me, mm-hmm. just how far back their yeah. culture goes. Yeah, they actually went as far back as the Ming Dynasty, Yeah, and that was like, you know, a long time ago, Many I'm guessing. Ago. I'm guessing it was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, it was. So, yeah. But yeah, so crazy. I hope you guys enjoyed our stories. Yeah, I liked this episode. This was fun to do. Yeah. This was fun to research. Yeah, this was awesome. And we got our first letter from somebody. Thank you, Jamie. Again. Yes, Jamie. Thanks again for your story. Oh I want to hear more of you know your job at the national parks, though. Honestly, I'll connect you guys. <laughs> okay. You'll be Facebook friends. Okay, <laughs> sounds good. Going back to your grandpa's yeah. story, that was crazy too. Yeah, yep. Grandpa had a lot of cool stories. Joe the ghost. But Joe the ghost was probably one of my favorites that he told. And oh, I hope he has closure. I hope Joe the ghost yeah. moved on. I mean, and how great is that for somebody who, any any other person who you might see, I saw a ghost and they get so scared. And the fact that yeah. my grandpa, like, kind of stood his ground and was like, Joe, just go home. That I, That's what I you think gotta that's do. Great. You gotta do that. Yeah, so if I ever see a ghost, I hope I don't scream and run away. I hope I tell it to just, just go home. You already know it's gonna happen to me. <laughs> your, my soul, your soul will, will leave, leave my body. body. <laughs> oh, man. All yeah. right, well, And, of course, don't take things from the Hawaiian Islands. Please don't. don't do it. It's rude. No sand, nothing. And don't touch the turtles, you guys, or the monk seals. These are endangered species, okay? Oh, please okay. don't. Got it. Duly noted. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps this episode up. I hope you guys enjoyed. Yeah, me too. And thank you guys especially for tuning in for a second episode. We're trying to not do so many ums like we're, we did in we'll that first there. episode. So bear with us. We'll get there. This is a really fun process, though. And I, I'm i having a really good time doing this. Me too, girl. Yeah. Even if nobody listens. Hi, Scotty and Kayla. I know you guys always listen. <laughs> Hi, Mom. Hi, Mom. <laughs> well, not my mom. But <laughs> Um, yeah, so we do have social media. Yes, we Shout do. Shout that out this time so we, we don't have, have to re-record our ending. Yeah, <laughs> we have um, social media. We have Weird Mythic Podcast on Instagram. And then our Twitter is just Weird Mythic. Yeah, as, as long as, as well as Facebook is also Weird Mythic Weird at Mythic. Facebook. Like always, mm-hmm. go ahead and send us an email if you have any encounters or stuff you want us to cover in future episodes. We do have a lot planned, but, mm-hmm. you know, we're willing to take recommendations. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and that is going to be weirdmythicpodcast at gmail.com. All right. Well, All right. episode two wrapped up. I hope you guys had fun. Thank you. Yay. <laughs> <laughs>